Welcome to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. Here we go. All right, then, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our program. Yes, it is the Sends Nation podcast brought to you by our friends at Jim K. Ford. Coming up today, the Sens are 7, 1, and 2 in their last 10 games. Collapse versus Chicago since we last got together. Beat down St. Louis and then lost in a back-to-back in Boston. Sens have made a deal. Ready for the trade deadline. A little warm-up action. little appetizer. They send away Tyler Mott to the Rangers for Julien Gauthier. What do we think of the deal? Tim Stutzla is your first star of the week in the NHL. Lots of trade rumors going around involving the Sens and various defensemen. The coach is a bunch of different defensemen that might be uh, in play. And uh, yeah, that's uh, all ahead today here on the Jim K. Ford <laughs> Sens Nation podcast. Well, I'm just doing a bunch of headlines <laughs> here, and I realized I wrote the same thing down twice. So I was going to go to one last big headline. It's like, no, I already said that. Anyway, how are you today, Greg? I am good, Steve. I, I um, do. Should we, should we discuss your tweet, too? I think I think we need to talk about this tweet. Apparently, there's a bunch of morons out there because you didn't use the sarcasm font, Steve. I have been a fan. I have demanded that there needs to be a sarcasm font, and there isn't one. There needs to be one, obviously, for the number of people who didn't get your tweet. Yeah, so what's happened here is it's uh, Tuesday, February 21st. The NHL trade deadline is March 3rd. So as you can imagine, all the hockey insiders around the NHL are going bonkers right now with various reports and rumors and I'm hearing and reportedly and all of that stuff. And I just got a little tired of it this afternoon. So I just put out for fun. And I think most people got it. I'm going to say 80% of the people got it, but there's a good 20% out there. And some are in the media. In fact, like some people saw my tweet today in, in, in St. Louis and said, knowing this Colton Pareko rumor that's out there and that the Sens have contacted the blues about Pareko they were like, oh, look at this. The Pareko thing's going down by the look of it. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so just just help me out here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to read you the tweet that I put out there that got everybody kind of up at arms. And, and tell me whether or not you think this sounds real or not. I'm hearing, this is my tweet, I'm hearing the Sens are believed to be rumored to be close to acquiring a player or pick. According to my sources, there have been whispers from insiders who suggest there's a lot of buzz about this evolving possible story. <laughs> you heard it here first, reportedly. <laughs> there are 11 words that I would say are what do we call those contingencies, conditional level stuff. Antonyms. I thought that made it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so that, that to me, I thought that made it clear that I was messing around, but. The, on Reddit, on Twitter. So that was my afternoon today, just uh, having some fun with that. But lots Stirring of people. The plot. I guess. I, I guess that was the deal. But I mean, all you had to do is go and look at some of the replies right away. It's like, first guy is like, do you think it's Connor McDavid? And then I reply, I don't see why it wouldn't be. You know? <laughs> I didn't know that you did that. I did that. All the, all the replies okay, were well, like, that was sarcasm. That person's response was sarcasm. They got it. Well, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there's another Dan writes, you're a beauty. And I said, (laughs) it's what I strive for. Right. It's just I thought it was pretty clear. Anyway, that was uh, we're just talking about that off the air before. And uh, and like I say, there's a whole page on Reddit devoted to it. Either 
celebrating the tweet or saying, you know, it's amazing anybody has to work that hard to be try and be funny. Imagine being that. Imagine working that hard to try and be funny on Twitter, and then others who flat out believed it. Oh, it looks like Pareko's coming. Okay, all right, fine, fine. Sorry, Sorry I'm, I right. got the giggles now. Uh, it was fun though. It was fun. Okay, uh, harmless Settle stuff. On. I mean, one of the things I've done is I haven't gotten around to changing my Twitter handle. That's become kind Correct. of a an ongoing gag, right? Yep. And uh and and just the fact that we're now <laughs> we're now on a Sportsnet Rogers affiliated station on Saturday mornings. It's probably about time to change the handle at TSN Steve. No, but the fact that that lends credence to what you what you wrote, the fact that you're TSN Steve, people think, "Oh my god, look at this guy from TSN. Oh my. Oh, look at this. And he must yeah, be real. That, look at all these followers he has. He's got to be a real guy. He's an insider." Yeah. Yeah, that's what, uh, yeah, thank you. You reminded me where I was going with that and that uh, one person tweeted out, TSN needs to fire that guy. And I'm like, well, that ship has sailed. <laughs> anyway, oh, that jumping guy in. deserves a prize. Yeah, yeah. Send him a t-shirt. Uh, for the record, Greg, business yes. restructuring. Business restructuring. That's what it was. Anyway. Hey, I, I got business restructured. They hardly even paid me, so. <laughs> I hear you. Ah, uh, oh, the grassroots minor hockey show. Oh, don't we miss it. Yeah, it was a good show. I enjoyed Thanks. that. Thanks. Well, I mean, that's that, that's I mean, that's the reason that uh, they asked you to help me out with this show, because yeah. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. Let us well, get right. We should get Let's get into the yeah. show here, buddy. What's the first topic today? Let's talk about a trade that actually did happen rather than jump right into all the rumors and innuendo, even though I think there's probably a bunch of people out there that would rather talk about that because the Julianne <laughs> we'll Goche thing is a few days old now. It happened on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, right before the Sens annihilated the St. Louis Blues 7-2, to like 15 minutes before the Sens acquired big Julianne Goche for Tyler Mott. And uh, Gauthier is 25 years of age. Unlike Mott, who is a UFA at the end of the year, I think uh, Gauthier is an RFA mm-hmm. and big, very big, big, fast fella. He has twice as many goals as Tyler Mott. Gauthier's played 40 games and he has six goals. Mott has played 39 games. He has three. Probably the Rangers excited about the defensive ability of Tyler Mott. And uh, that's why they decided to make the deal a guy that's a little more seasoned and that can help them uh, going into the playoffs. So I'll ask you, what did you think of the deal? Well, I was, I don't know. I was sort of confused at first. I'm trying to figure out why do you want to acquire a player and not a pick? Why would you have traded this player for a pick somewhere else? But then I stop and think about it. Obviously, Austin Watson's on his way out of town. So you need a fourth line right winger. So here he is. I guess it sort of fits into Pierre's plan. My tongue is now in my cheek, by the way, of being a buyer and maybe bringing in one of those rental type guys who could try it out and see if he wants to resign here in the summer. Like, is that it? So they both get a free look. He gets a free look at Ottawa and what the situation is, and he can look at the depth chart and project where he thinks he can play. And the Sens get a, a free player well, free player, whatever. They get a player for for a month or two here to see what they think, and maybe they re-sign him, maybe they don't. Is that is that part of the gig, I guess? Well, he is an RFA, so he's still under club control, right? Oh, sorry, you're right. He's an RFA, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah but is, is that the thing, though? Is this a guy that, is he really part of the the long-term solution here? Not not to say that Tyler Mott was. No, 
but is a is a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick who's going to be here a few years from now would that prove more valuable than Julian Gauthier is presently? I mean, the only time will tell. Where's the kid going to be in this lineup in a year or two? If I'm going to be putting together a bottom six, I want I want size and I want speed. I want guys where you know who can crash a little bit, and I want guys who can score. Like to me, he looks like he has the potential to be what Nick Paul was in around the time he left. He has similar size and at Gauthier's age, very similar numbers. And so maybe that's in the back of Pierre Dorian's mind and that he's still maybe trying to find the next Nick Paul. Like this guy's huge, 6'4", 224 pounds, skates well. And he has like, I don't know, it's hard to know where you're at with, with a shooting percentage like he has. He's he's got six goals and he has something like I don't know, I think it's like thirty six shots this season. So his shooting percentage is actually second best on the Sens now to Tim Stutzla's. That could also mean though that he's not generating enough. You know, thirty six shots is not very much. But he only gets eight minutes of ice time a night in New York, um, and so I, I I think it's a good a good deal. Just measuring out, I don't think he's looking at it in the perspective of okay, we're bringing this guy in. And he's going to be a difference maker. No, I think they're just looking at Tyler Mott and his situation. Mott is a UFA. And so what they've done here, in my opinion, is they brought in an, a comparable asset that is under club control versus Mott, who was not. Dorian was able to get something from Mott without worsening the roster or affecting this year's playoff chances. So just measuring it in a vacuum of what Tyler Mott was and what he turned into, I thought Dorian pretty, did pretty well. Now, have you already gotten bad mail on the tweet comparing the kid to Nick Paul? <laughs> I'm just, just curious. I'm just, you know. Uh, well, he looks more like uh, Austin Watson to me, or, you know, or uh, or uh, I want to say Curtis again, Zach Sanford, or I just, I just don't know. I don't, I don't think there's much there. Yes, he was a first round draft choice. Uh, yes, he won a Memorial Cup. He won a Calder Cup playing in Charlotte. Um, so he's got some pedigree on that side of him, but he's two organizations have now said he's not good enough. I don't know that it's going to bring all that much to them other than maybe he's a long-term fourth liner. I don't know that he's ever going to be anything more. As long as he can play some defense. That's what I don't know at this stage. I don't know that he's capable of putting together Tyler Tyler Mott like defense. If he can, then uh, I think it's a good deal. And as far as comparing him to Nick Paul, Nick Paul in the last season and a half, has emerged into a guy who's uh, you know got a little more offensive push than than maybe we thought, but uh, you know the, even this year, I mean, he slowed down big time. I think I was raving about him earlier in the year, like, wow, he's you know emerging as this star in the game. He's got twenty six points in fifty three games, and he's twenty seven now. Go back to when Nick Paul was twenty five, which is the age of Gauthier, and uh, his stats were five goals, fifteen assists in fifty six games. So that's not dramatically far off of where Goche is right now. True. Good so point. we'll see where he is in a couple of years. And that's part of what the art of a GM is projecting what the guy, not, not just what he is, but what he might still be. And he really hasn't been given, you know, too much, like I say, eight minutes of ice time he averaged in New York this season. Yeah. Uh, nobody's generating much of anything under those numbers. Even Parker Kelly is 10 minutes a night. Yeah. So the bottom line is, it is a, another opportunity for the Sens pro scouting side to step up and see if they if they truly can identify uh, talent or projected talent 
and only time will tell. Sanctuary. It's just a wish away at the Lincoln Wish Event. Right now at Jim K. Lincoln, receive a $2,000 winter bonus on the 2022 Lincoln Corsair or 2022 Lincoln Nautilus. Or add Sanctuary to your list by ordering a 2023 Lincoln model. Contact Jim K. Lincoln before it's too late and make that wish of yours a reality. For more details, visit Jim K. Lincoln in Orleans or jimklincoln.com. All right, so more on the old NHL trade deadline front in a moment. Like I say, some interesting names being floated around as far as blue liners go, which is what you'd think the Sens might get after. But uh, over the last 10 games, Sens on a nice run. 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. And I think, the again, the standings tend to get you excited after a, a little bit. And uh, leading into that Boston game, after they murdered St. Louis on Sunday, I think they were at a stage where they were five points out of a playoff spot, five or six, and a bunch of games in hand on teams that aren't Detroit or Buffalo. So you you can start getting your head around, uh, okay, they're 7-1-2. and They keep that going for the rest of the year. They need to be something like 20-8 and would be enough to get them in the playoffs. Yeah, Not impossible, but still a tall order, particularly when you get Boston and Carolina in the same week. Um, you know, the number one and number two teams in the entire NHL. I don't know the 20 and eight is no, I do know 20 and eight is not going to happen. I'm sorry. And Gord tried to massage it a little by saying, you know, it might not take the 93 or 94 or was it 95, whatever the usual number is. He thinks it might be a little less this year. And he gave some reason for it that I didn't really understand, but he thinks it could, you could get there with less than that. So that's probably factoring into his 20 and eight. Um, I just, I just can't see it. I think it's great. They're playing well. They look good. Who were the, who were the two, the, the seven, one and two, one of the two was, uh, was Chicago. Oh, and, my bad. I, I, I meant to say seven, two and one. Yes. Yeah. So apologize. the one was Chicago and like, my God, I couldn't believe that. How do you lose to Chicago? Come on. That really bothered me. It just really, really bothered me, especially when you got a nice little streak going. Things are looking good, and you lose a game to Chicago Blackhawks. You know, I, I was fine with the Boston game. Good effort. Um, I don't know that they really ever threatened to win. I don't know that they really ever had a chance. It looked like they had a chance to win, but they were in the game. They competed hard. Carolina's going to be a test. So here you are. You've gone on this nice little stretch, but you lose to Carolina. Suddenly, you've lost two in a row. And that was Chicago not the game before that. So suddenly it's three games and you're oh two and one. You know, it doesn't look so good anymore. So I don't I don't know. They're a fi- they're to me they're a five hundred team and they're gonna finish around five hundred. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. I'm not burying them yet, but um yeah, I I don't think I've ever gotten into the Uber hopeful category. I mean, I, I every year before the season starts, I'm in that mode. I think I've I think I'm Am I three years running now where I think this yes. is the year they're going to get back in the playoffs or is it two? Yes. I can't remember. Yes. Now. Oh, no. You said they were making the playoffs in the Scotiabank division. Mm. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hope springs eternal, as they say. And uh, one of the neat things over this last little while, though he's down in the minors now, is how well Kevin, Mandale- mm. Kevin Mandeleze has played. He's gone down to Belleville now because it looks like Cam Talbot's return is imminent. But... The two games that he played, I mean, the Boston Bruins, best team in the NHL. And, boy, he was excellent, I thought, on Monday and uh, very good in the game before that. So uh, what did you think of Mandalayze? 
Uh, I thought he played well. He looked good. You know, I I don't know that he has a, a long-term future here. Like maybe he's a backup at some point in the road, down the road. Maybe the two guys we've been watching for the last week are one and two down the road. But then Levi, Levi and Marilyn has put up some incredible numbers overseas. So he's going to have something to say in the whole argument before it's done. Between the three of them, do you have somebody who can carry you someday? Uh, I, I'm going to say it again. Only time will tell. <laughs> Well, it looks like Cam Talbot is going to be the guy in Carolina on Friday and really an important time for Cam Talbot because he's got a young family, young twins, and they bought a house here and wants to stay here. But uh, it all comes down to performance, I guess. Between now and the deadline, the net, I think, is his, and he's probably going to play himself into a new contract or play himself out of one. Yeah, exactly. He needs to play, though, in order for one of two things to happen. He either needs to play and perform well so that they can trade him, or he needs to play and perform well so that the Ottawa Senators are interested in keeping him and re-signing him. Uh, I mean, I've been reading around the league. uh, You read a list of six or seven goaltenders that that such and such a team's looking for a goalie. So you read an article about that, and it lists a bunch of options for them. And Cam Talbot's name's not there. That surprises me. You think somebody might be interested, but I constantly keep I keep checking on uh, L.A., uh, Vegas, Pittsburgh, and to a certain extent Toronto. They're probably the four teams that are looking for a goalie, and Talbot's name never gets mentioned. So I, that that's a little disheartening. If the option is, or if the choice becomes, let's trade him. And if you're going to trade him, you want to get something for him. It's probably at the deadline because it's not going to happen later. I wonder why that would be, because the guy was an all-star last year. It's not like he's been a scrub or anything. He he was the all-star with the Minnesota Wild, and down the stretch, he played fantastically. I think he went on some 13-game heater at the end of the year, which was partly why he was so ticked off that Marc-Andre Fleury was given the net to start the playoffs, and then they fired him in for the final game where they were jettisoned into the NHL playoff sun, and he was cold as ice at that stage, so... But, I mean, in big picture, this is not a guy that has played his way out of the NHL this year. He's had some, he's had some tough games, and he's been injury-prone. But I, I don't think that uh, even if he plays poorly between now and the deadline uh, or even now and the end of the season, I, I think there's probably a contract waiting for him somewhere just because yeah. he's so recently been excellent. And and let's like don't rule it out. That contract waiting for him could very well be here in Ottawa. Because yes. let's face it, if you don't have Cam Talbot, it's Forsberg and one of the kids. Uh, is that the way you want to go? I, I st- I'm sorry, I don't see Forsberg as being a, a number one guy. So to me, next season, no matter who it is, it's probably more of a platoon. And do you want the platoon to be Talbot and a kid, or two kids, or do you want the or do you want it to be Talbot and Forsberg again? You know, it just you've got decisions to make. And the easier decision would probably be if you could get a third round pick for Talbot would be to move him right now, get it done and get a third rounder because it's better than getting nothing in the summer. And, and you go with Forsberg and one of the kids next season. Right. You wonder about Forsberg and that injury. Cause I don't True. know if there's anything we can point to and say, yeah, we've seen that before. Like he was injured, you know, picture the butterfly stance and the way your knees are sort of set up in the butterfly. And now just, absolutely mashed down on those knees to the point where they're stretched and ripped and the MCL is torn in both knees. And I, and I wonder if they're with the, with the torque that goes on 
you know, particularly for a tall goalie like that, you're mm-hmm. constantly going down on your knees in the butterfly position. You know, I, I would wonder if you're maybe not at risk of re-injury, but uh, I, I'm, I mean, I'm no physio or, or surgeon or anything like that, but that's, uh, that's kind of uncharted waters, I guess is my point for an NHL goalie to deal with an injury like that. We don't know what Forsberg's going to be moving forward. Is he a number one for you? Don't know. But more than that, I wonder now about his resiliency and his ability to stay healthy after an injury like that. Yeah, like is he ever is is he going to be able to play at all? And if he does play, what type of goalie is he going to be? How it's it's psychological now. It's going to anytime you get an injury, you're sort of favoring something. And if you're a goalie and you're favoring not one knee but both knees, how how effective are you going to be? With life moving so fast, don't you wish you could just freeze time? Well, that's what Jim K. Ford is doing for you because right now, when you custom order a new 2023 Ford F-150 from Jim K., you can lock in your factory order bonus of up to $3,500. And if there's a better incentive when you take delivery, you can choose that instead. It's that simple. Start your journey today at Jim K. Ford in Orleans or JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! Every hockey fan loves when Canada competes for gold. At the 2023 World Gin Awards in England, Ottawa's Dunrobin Distilleries won gold for Canada's best-flavored gin. Their Earl Grey Gin now advances to represent Canada later this month, competing for the title of Best in the World. Dunrobin's international win streak continues. Pick up some Dunrobin craft spirits today at various LCBO locations or through their website at dunrobindistilleries.com. I was enjoying a bit of their whiskey over the weekend. I'll just say this. <laughs> well yum, done. Greg. Yum. <laughs> well So done. Tim Stutzler. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Stim Tim Stutzler is the NHL first star of the week. I liked better was player of the week, you know, twenty years ago. This NHL first star of the week. That's just I don't know. It's it's awkward sounding, but it's still an honor. Catch me at various times over the course of this season. I'd be you know, ask me who I'm most excited about as a player for the Ottawa Senators. I, I might come up with a different name. You know, as months go by, I just Tim Stutzler right now is top of the charts for me. His development, Greg, right now in full blossom. And it has been for the last three months. Just gets better and better and better every night. Phenomenal. You you hit the nail on the head. The development of this kid is just phenomenal. Uh, It's going to be great watching him. Just imagine when, when Norris gets back, when there's a little bit of more to insulate him and maybe freeze up some ice and changes some matchups for him, how much better he can even get from here. Um, It's a a coup that they got him to begin with. And the job they've done in developing him is phenomenal. Yeah. A total coup. We've talked about that in recent episodes, all the lucky things that had to happen. But uh, he is an Ottawa senator, and he hasn't even started that eight-year contract yet. That's the amazing thing. Well, there's lots of amazing things. He's you know he's a team's points per game leader right now, 59 points in 52 games. And uh, since January 1st, when I mean, you look at the calendar year 2023, he is the NHL's fifth best scorer right there with all the best in the league. And one of the things I love about him, and 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 with Jake Sanderson, you know, here, here's two guys, two of the youngest guys on the entire team. And their puck poise, their ability to make something happen with almost no room. Like, how many times have you seen Stutzler or Sanderson at the offensive blue line? And you're saying, oh, okay, they're going to have to surrender the zone or dump it in. And they somehow, some way, just with their little precision puck work, uh, keep the possession and, and, and keep it in the offensive zone. Like, those are going to be amazing players to watch here in the next 10 years. 
imagination too, right? There's there's yes. a, there's a level of imagine and there's a level of courage involved. Too. Yes, that some of the things that these kids do in a, in a confined space is is it's spectacular, right? I I, I watched uh, Stutzla coming across the blue line there the other day. And you, and you think, okay, he's just going to have to throw it in the corner. There's a guy right on him just inside the zone, and he's going to be forced out or dump it in, and he makes a little play with his feet behind the back kind of thing. You watch some of the escapability of Sanderson down low to evade a first four-checker or a second four-checker and then still take two strides and make a tape-to-tape pass. It takes a level of courage, of guts, that some guys simply don't have. There are there are defensemen who may have had it at some time, but to become a glass and out guy, right? I'm just going to whack it hard off the glass and get it out. Whereas yeah. these kids, these kids have a different mentality to puck possession, and they want to maintain that possession and make a play. You know, how often as a coach you say, "Make a play, make a play." You know, you want the guy to do something other than just throw it away or dump it off the glass. These guys make a play almost every time they have the puck on their stick. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with all that. And to add on two more things, spatial awareness. They just I don't know, just this uncanny knack they have of knowing where they are in space and uh and just you know, with you know, with everybody trying to take their heads off and and trying to get the puck off them, it's like they have eyes in the back of their head to see everything around them like an owl or something to know exactly how much ice they have and so spatial awareness and the way they're able to process like the mm-hmm. game slows down for those types of guys in that they can see the little slivers, you know, between stick blade and, and skate blade of the opponent and just slide it through there and make a little move here. And uh, just two special players. And I'm really looking forward to the, yeah, you, know, you, you mentioned that decade. idea of, of seeing something in a little sliver, go back to the, um, the Batherson pass from the, from the Boston, it was the Boston game or the St. Louis game it was the St. Louis game. Yeah, I think you're right. The backhand sauce. And, and to look at it at full speed, first time around, you might think, well, you know, he just threw it in front of the net and he got lucky. But no, you watch. You watch in slow-mo. You watch one of the replays. And you see Batherson take a peek, quick look yeah. over his right shoulder. He sees a net drive by Pinto. He picks a space on the ice that he's got to get the puck to. He knows it can't be a, an, a, a flat pass, can't be along the ice. It's got to be an aerial. And backhand applesauce, like just gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. And I'll correct you, though. It wasn't a saucer pass. It was a drone. I think that <laughs> puck was an actual drone, the way it just it, 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 it wrote. It just flew so smoothly, you know, parallel to the ice, and then just came down for the softest of landings just in time for Pinto to put it in. I kid, but that's that's what it looked like to me. It looked like a freaking drone. World-class uh, sauce. And it was an yeah. apple, so that's what we call applesauce. Very good. Very good. All right, so back to the trade deadline business. Uh, first, I want to mention the Sens have sent defensemen Dylan Hetherington, Jacob Larson, and Kevin Mandeleze back to Belleville. Cam Talbot starting on Friday. Uh, mentioned that already. But also, the NHL trade deadline stuff. Some names being floated around. We had mentioned Colton Pareko in the context of the silly tweet I put out today that got lots of uh, <laughs> people annoyed. Anyway, whatever. Uh, some names on the blue line being floated around. I came up with three that I've consistently been seeing all day long today, but you've got a bigger list than that. Yeah, I can't remember how many. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I got ten or eleven here. 
Wow. And I've kind of just defensemen that are out there that have been rumored to be available. Good. I haven't necessarily heard that the senators are interested, but there's guys out there, right? So right. I've kind of broken them down. There's, there's a group here that I would call the uh, not going to happen. And that would be your Dmitry Orlov uh, coming, uh, sorry, Vladislav Gavrikov, just because I don't think they're going to want to pay him. And he's a lefty and he doesn't fit. Um, I think that Pareko, seven years times 6.5 mil, still owed, and he's already 29. You need that money to pay Sanderson. So unless you're going to give up Sanderson or you're going to give up Shabbat and his 8 mil, you're not getting Colton Pareko. And I know people are going to say, oh, but wait a minute, we can work on a deal. St. Louis will eat part of his salary. Uh, Not going to eat enough of it. In that same group of not going to happen is Seth Jones. He is a righty. He is 6'4". He is 210. Yeah, great, lovely. Seven more years at 9.5. Not to mention he has a no movement clause. So I just, I can't see that one happening. Then there's been some older guys floating around. That's where Dmitry Orlov comes in. Matthias Ekholm has been rumored to be available if Nashville falls out. Matthias Ekholm kind of interests me. Three years left at 6.2, but he is 32 years old. If you can get Nashville to eat some of it, maybe he's okay for a couple years, but he's not a long-term solution. Uh, Orlov is a pending UFA. That might be interesting, but he's a left shot. He's 31. He could play the right side. Yeah, I don't know that he's the perfect answer either. The guys I, I like, like him. You like him. Yeah. I, I, hey, I love Pareko, but I don't think that's going to happen either. But Dmitry Orlov is very interesting to me. This is the kind of thing that I think Pierre was probably alluding to when he was saying, you know, maybe we are going to be looking at a rental. But I don't know what the price would be. And you need Washington to actually throw in the towel and admit, you know what, we're not going to make it and that for Orlov to be available. I mean, I was watching that Sens blowout of St. Louis the other day, and it literally crossed my mind before I even realized Pareko, again, wouldn't have thought in a million years he'd be available. And I said, I wish the Sens had a guy like Pareko. I said yeah. that two or three times during the course of that game to myself. And I'm really intrigued by that idea. Frank Saravalli actually reported today that the Sens called the Blues to inquire about the availability. Now, I don't know how much farther you take it beyond that, but there is interest there. I would have big-time interest. He would be 36 when his contract ended, and unlike Seth Jones, when you said his salary figure, I was like, whoa, yeah. screw that. But at 6'5", that's something he can work in. It's not like you... It's the seven, though. It's the seven years, though. I just yeah, I don't know. But he is a we'll righty. See. He is only 29, and and you love him. I've, I've always liked him. I think more in the Sens area of possibilities are guys like uh, Ilya Labushkin. Remember he played with the Leafs there last year? They, they acquired him. Now he's mm-hmm. in Buffalo. He's got one year left at 275. He's a righty. He's 28. He's 6'2". He's 200 pounds. I don't know that Buffalo is interested in moving him, but maybe that's somebody who could who could fit the role. I think Scott Mayfield with the Islanders, you got to love that guy. He's what? He's about six, five, two and a quarter, a pending UFA. He's a righty and he's 30. Oh, I want that's, him. That's a real good one right there. But then is Lou going to move him? Is Lou going to say, you know what? Maybe we can't sign this guy and, and willing to move him. Who knows? Uh, Radko Gudis is out there. He's a pending UFA, UFA as well. 32 years old, right shot D. He's known to have a bit of a mean streak. That's a guy who could fit the role. Um, Carson Soucy's in Seattle. 
pending UFA, 65210, right shot D, 28 years, sorry, left shot D, 28 years old, but plays the right side. Whether Seattle is thinking price wise, we're not going to want to pay this guy. Philly's got a kid named Nick Sealer that I kind of like. He's a left shot who plays the right side. Nick Sealer's 29. He's a lefty. He's got one year left at only 775. That might be right in the Sens wheelhouse. And then, of course, the talk about Luke Shen pending UFA. He's only making 850. So if you if you if you brought him in and wanted to retain him, it probably wouldn't cost a lot. But he is a right shot. But he's 33, six two two and a quarter. Definite's got some size. And the other one was watching Chicago these last couple, the last game, and I watched him play the Leafs too. Uh, Jake McCabe. He's a left shot, but can play the right side. He's 29. He's got two years left at $4 million. That's another guy whose name's been floated as far as Ottawa is concerned. So, I mean, there's about 10 guys out there. That I just kind of went through all the rosters in the league and looking for guys with a contract situation that might be beneficial to the Leafs. You've got a variety of ages there. you got some left shots in there, but they can all play the right side. So, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they do come up with somebody. It'll be one of those guys off my list. I'm guaranteeing it, Steve. All right, you've guaranteed it. Uh, the names that I like, I say Pareko. I mean, I guess the first thing before I even mention the guys that I'm keen on is the red flag in most of these situations is always this: Why is the team unloading this guy? You know, when I look at Pareko and he's got all this time left on his contract, and it's not an insane deal financially unless the blues are really tearing things down to the studs and I don't think they are, but uh, I guess my question would be, why don't the blues want a guy like that? If he's all that, why are the blues parting company with him? Exactly. So that's because always, I do a, think they are. You I do think, think they're tearing it down. down to the studs. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I they, obviously they've gotten rid of Tarasenko and, and O'Reilly, but I don't know. I don't, I, I always find that these, most of these American teams, the Sens are like a, I don't know, on an island with this scorched earth rebuild stuff, the Sens and the Chicago Blackhawks. Seems like everybody else is able to figure their <laughs> you-know-what out, do a sort of a renovation uh, as opposed to absolutely plowing the franchise down and starting from scratch. So we'll see what the Blues do, but uh, I don't know. Pareko, to me, could play for most any team. Yeah, for sure. It's just any any team is going to have to look at it and fitting that salary in under the cap. And it's not necessarily fitting them in under the cap now. It's the fact that it's seven years. And what mm. is Shabbat going to be at? And what is Sanderson going to be at when you get to year four, five, six, seven of that deal? So Right. I like Mayfield. I really like Mayfield. Yeah, that was I where it's going to awesome. go next. Yeah, I, I mean, I got Pareko interests me, Orlov interests me. And Mayfield was the other name on the list for me, just because I've seen him enough against the Ottawa Senators where I said, I hate that guy. I hate <laughs> that guy, and, but he's effective. He, he's a shutdown guy, and he really makes it unpleasant to try and play hockey in the New York Islanders defensive zone. Yeah, he's he would be my number one wish if I was. Yeah, out of, out of this list of guys, he'd be the guy because age wise, he's 30, but he's a UFA. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, he could probably. I don't know, re-sign him for three or four years, probably four, I would think. And that wouldn't be too bad. Uh, I agree with you on Orlov. I just don't know that he'd want to come here. And I, he is a left shot, but he can play the right side. Um, and Pareko would be the, the, the gem. I just don't see it happening. 
time for the Kodiak Security Systems Sends Trivia. We like to end off the show by uh, testing out everybody's senator intellect. Basically, I'm going to be the victim today. Greg is the quiz master. What have you got for us today, Greg? Okay. Since it is trade deadline, time is nearing. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I I was going to look up some other things, but I'll just save that for next show. For this show, Steve, I just eight different GMs have handled trade deadlines as, as, as the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, eight different men. And I'm, I'm sure you can do this probably in your sleep. Can you name the eight Ottawa Senator general managers? Oh boy. All right, let's do it. We've got right out of the gate, Mel Bridgman. He was replaced by Randy Sexton, who was replaced by Pierre Gauthier. Then you the had coast. some Marshall, Marshall Johnson action in there. You had some John Muckler action for a while. Uh, who replaced John Muckler? Uh, bu- 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 of course, you have Pierre Dorian, Brian Murray in there. Um, You're missing one. After the, after the ghost fled town, who took over? Only for one year. Oh, Rick Dudley. There you go. Well done, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This is... Rick, Rick Dudley, the only, the first, the last, and the only man to wear number 99 for the Buffalo Sabres. Ah, nice one. And one of the few guys that have ever been traded and the Sens actually got a player. True. Do you remember remember who that was? Yes, he left to join the Tampa Bay Lightning after his one year here, and the Sens got the Olympian, Rob Zaminer. Correct. But you know, I have it on good authority. This is a very high up executive with the team. He told me, and I won't name him, but I will name the guy. And can you imagine how history might have looked a lot different? Because the first guy, the Tampa Bay Lightning, offered the Ottawa Senators, and they said no for various reasons, was the great Darcy Tucker. Bam! Boom shakalaka. What might have been, Greg? What might have been? Yeah, that would have been exciting. Then we wouldn't have had the... The all-timer goal. Oh, that's, I still, I can see the goal in my mind. Anytime you want to think about it, I can still see Alfie just hammering Tucker into the wall and then going to the net and scoring. That's a beauty. Yeah. Yeah, on my deathbed, I hope uh, hope somebody comes to visit me and uh, and cheers me up by whispering in my ear, you know, moments <laughs> before I perish. Remember that time where Alfie scored that great goal after he had a clean hit on Darcy Tucker and then t- <laughs> Tucker <laughs> embellished hit. and lunged in, lunged into the boards? That will make me smile on my deathbed, I swear. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's brought to you by Kodiak Security Systems, Ottawa's largest independently owned security alarm company, here to keep your family and business safe. Whether it's the dangers of home invasion, smoke and fire, carbon monoxide, water damage, medical emergencies, or extreme temperatures, man, a lot of stuff can go wrong with your house. <laughs> well, Kodiak Security is here to help you protect what matters most. Learn about their security systems today for home or office at KodiakSecurity.ca, 2801 Riverside Drive. And please be sure to tell them the boys from the Sens Nation podcast sent you, Greg. There's a bear in there. Yes, sir. <laughs> Man, a lot of stuff can go wrong with your house. Well, yeah. Am I right? Yes, but that's, that's a lot of stuff every, there. Every one of those things is very important. Okay, well, thank you to Kodiak Security Systems. Thank you to our great title sponsor, Jim K. Ford, and thank you as well to Dunrobin Distilleries. Most of all, thank you to the good listener. You, the good listener, who support the program uh, a couple of times a week, two, three times a week. 
Um, we're going to be joined in our next episode by Drake Batherson. That is confirmed. So we look forward to catching up with the Drake. And uh, thanks once again to you, the good listener, for joining us today. Don't forget our website is sensnationhockey.com. Pat McGuire, one of our great writers, has a good article that uh, I just put up today about uh, the UFAs existing on the Ottawa Senators right now and what might happen with them. Headlined, of course, by Cam Talbot. So give that a look, sensnationhockey.com. There's an archive of uh, all our podcast episodes of the past, and uh, we invite you to check that out. Greg, enjoy your day, and we shall talk to you in our next episode. For sure. Have a good night. Thanks for being with us on the Sens Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers, or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SensNationHockey.com.